0: I think the one thing that I would um, highlight again and again and again is um, networking. So literally like every, every job I've ever had, except that very first one when I came out of college has been through networks.
1: All right. Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Careers podcast presented by the MarketingHelp.co. Now, two, two quick updates for you marketers out there. Now, we've updated the free membership of our career community to include self-guided access to all of our career guidance channels. That means like career planning, networking, interviewing, those sorts of things. Plus, it includes over 200 tools, templates, and webinars for free that will all help you navigate your marketing career moments. Now, take a few seconds to join and check out if you're not already a member. And all you need to do is go to themarketinghelp.co forward slash sign up. That's sign up one word. Second update. Now, listen, if you're ready for a more specific, guided uh, support on your job search, interviewing, developing those marketing management skills, then definitely check out our workshops, courses, and boot camps at themarketinghelp.co forward slash courses. Now, listen, there's two ways right there to advance your marketing career today. All right. Now, that great opening clip you heard was from our guest of the episode today, Piers Dickinson. And Piers is the head of group digital communications and brand management at the biotech leader CSL. Now, he he gave you some great insights on how he has successfully secured roles across his amazing career. And in this episode, Piers is actually going to share more insights on the how around leveraging your network to advance your career. Great stuff there. And he's got some other great insights about working on cross-functional marketing teams that every marketer out there is going to learn from. Um, He actually shares some advice on, this is interesting, on how to develop high-functioning marketing teams uh, and how to do it successfully, even if you're in a regulated industry like him in biotech or pharma or something like that. So let's get into my conversation with Piers Dickinson from CSL. Piers, welcome to the show. Thank you, and uh, thank you for uh, having me. Yes, yes. Really excited to get into your, your background. Again, this is a Career moment Moments episode. So our goal here is to really give a peek into your your specific marketing career path. But let's pull out some of the learnings that we can uh, share with our audience for other marketers that may want to take a similar path. But more importantly, you know, really, really curious to learn more about uh, what you're doing at CSL uh, and what you've done uh, to get there in your career. So maybe start by just telling us in a couple of sentences what it is you do as the group digital communications and brand management lead at CSL,
0: so my team has responsibility for looking after internal and external uh, corporate channels. So, you know, websites, social media. Um, internally, we have you know various channels that we use to engage with our employees. So we we run those platforms. Um, we also work with content and we are really interacting with, you know, pretty much, you know, every function and group within the company. So it's actually kind of a fun place to be because you sort of touch, you know, the inside world, the outside world, and plus, you know, lots and lots of people within the organization.
1: And your team is about how many people total?
0: Uh, there's just six of us, you know, lean six? team. Wow. Uh, yeah, half of them, half of them are here in the U.S. and half of them are in Australia.
1: So we're an Australian company. Got it. So, so when I look at your background and, you know, we dive into your your path here. So, you know, my biggest question is, how did you end up in a marketing path? So, is it something like like myself? I knew I wanted to be in advertising from you know age six for some reason. But when did you know that you wanted to get into a path in marketing?
0: Well, when I was in, originally, I was in the UK, and uh, you know, back in the '90s, the economy had been you know a little bumpy, and you know, people going to college were you know especially focused on you know making sure they were employable when they graduated. And I had been doing um, an undergrad in sociology, so I had done a lot of you know kind of market research, you know, uh, insights into human behavior, and so you know there's kind of like a a good link with marketing anyway. And then also the marketing program um, where I was at college had a hundred percent employment rate after graduation. Wow! So when you kind of put those things together, I was like, wow, you know, this looks really good. And also in the UK back in those days. you know, study was free you know you, you didn't pay for undergrad or graduate degrees so there, wow. there was really no excuse not to kind of keep studying sure um, so that that's that's that was really kind of one of the reasons I, I, I chose that
1: and was it the the focus on sociology because you're right what a great um, starting point to understand human behaviors and what makes people tick was, was that the thing uh, that was such a connection point into into marketing and then after that uh how did you end up with your first job? I think it was at ExxonMobil. How did you go from the 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 studies into an ExxonMobil role?
0: Um so I actually started at uh Loctite, so you probably recognize that name as been the uh, super glue brand, so that was the company that invented Superglue amongst a bunch of other technologies mm-hmm. and they later uh, became part of Henkel, so um you know Henkel does all sorts of uh, consumer products, you know, like a huge business. So, you know, back then the one thing I had decided for myself is that you know a lot of my friends and sort of you know other students who were on my graduate course with me wanted to go into agencies you know that was kind of like the cool thing go work in London you know lots of young people having fun in the evenings and I I really wanted to be client side I just did not want to do the agency thing Um, so I was looking for client side opportunities and so I you know I didn't consciously choose the specialty chems industry that's kind of where I happened to land. Okay. But, you know, those early choices, you know, often kind of inform, you know, the rest of the, the rest of the journey. Um, so actually, you know, when you mentioned, you know, kind of ExxonMobil, um, how I ended up in, in mobile just before it became part of Exxon, um, was through a networking connection. So we both sponsored Formula One Racing and, you know, we got to know each other and they approached me with one job and they were like, you know, we'd really like you to come and work for us. And, you know, it wasn't quite the right fit. So we kind of kept connected. And I think it was probably like another two years they came back with a, a marketing communications job and said, you know, OK, we well, you know what about this one? Will you come and join us? And I was like, yes, I will. You know, so I I, I jumped across and uh, that, that's how I ended up in,
1: in mobile. Nice. So it's interesting how you said you you, you had that choice. And there is that influence of friends going to the agency side first, which again, it, it's a very common conversation. I think a lot of our audience has where, where when they're starting their careers, they see agency as a good um, uh, jump off point into the world. But interesting how you decided, like you knew you wanted to go client side from the beginning and your path since then is, is, has done just that. So um, when you go from ExxonMobil and your next stop is, is BP. So again, is that, is that the point where you realize, hey, this, this chemical angle could be a, a path for me to, to follow? Or was there other industries you were thinking of pivoting to at that point?
0: Yeah, so the way that played out was um, when Exxon um, announced the deal with mobile, um, when I was working for mobile in Europe, it was actually a joint venture with BP. And so from an antitrust perspective, uh, you know, one of the you know, things that had to get done was that the joint venture had to be broken up. And I was working with a multi-brand portfolio. So I worked with both BP branded products and mobile, which is, you know, from a marketing perspective is in itself, like, you know, really kind of a a lot of fun because the positioning was completely different, you know. And so they said, look, you know, you actually have the choice. You know, you can either go be employed by ExxonMobil or you can go and be employed by BP. Um, So, you know, for a number of different reasons, um, I chose BP. And I think probably primarily, um, you know, I think culturally. You know, people thought that, you know, BP would be, you know, like a better fit. And, you know, in in my career, it was also an interesting time because that's when the commercial internet was kind of starting to get going and companies Mm -hmm. were trying to figure out what to do with it and what did it mean. And, you know, certainly in the world that I was in, um, a lot of the people kind of driving that were in IT. And I was in marketing, so, you know, I thought, you know, it's like it's really cool, you know, this is kind of the future. So I was sort of volunteering and kind of helping out. So actually some of those early jobs um, were created for me because I sort of kind of
1: invented them,
0: you know, and then the company was like, yes, we really need this, and you're kind of already doing it. And so that was really like my early journey in in digital, you know, 20 years ago.
1: So right place, right time, but again, it's also – you know, staying tight to those, those departments that had the need, um, you know, again, being there to, to satisfy, like you said, you're already doing the work that they had a need for. So there you go. Um, at what point in your your career did you start managing a team?
0: Um, I think when I first had people reporting to me, I think that's just as I went into, uh, BP. Okay. So, you know, I'd had, you know, I'd had, you know, a bunch of different projects and, you know, you would have people assigned to you within the project. So, you know, there might be, you know, consultants, for example, but I think in terms of my direct reports, um, that's when that really started to come together.
1: And was it a situation where you, you had the chance to develop your marketing team individually on your own or were you inheriting teams as projects started to, you know, come on your plate?
0: It's a little bit of both. Um, and I think at that time a lot of it was actually sort of creating the teams because, you know, the digital space was so new. Right. Um, and it was kind of interesting because, you know, I think for a long time the people, people typically didn't get assigned to digital. They they went into digital marketing because it interested them. So, you know, in a way it made digital marketing like a really fun place to be because you had a bunch of like-minded people who were all like really curious about the about the area. Right. Um, and so, you know, the, the team sizes you know, varied depending on what was going on, you know, like if we had a big project, you know, we might spin up a team, you know, then it might like shrink back down depending on what was coming next. Um, so, okay. you know, variation.
1: And when you say, you know, you're working in digital at this point in BP, what were some of the, the, the tasks and projects you were doing? Was it still tied to the internal website creation or were you doing more marketing specific things?
0: You know, it was actually both. I mean, there was some uh intranet work, you know, for employee comms, but um most of it was external. And you know, I think this was a period in time where, you know, things like you know, search engine optimization that, you know, digital marketing people all kind of know what that is now. You know, right. back then people <laughs> didn't. Yes. You know, yes. so you know, you had this massive company and you know, like a tiny little group of people saying, look, you know we need to get our heads around this thing. It's like super important. Um, you know, we need to introduce new platforms that can do the work that we need. We've got to start working with content in a different way. Um, and it's kind of like, as the, as the capabilities kept sort of being invented, you know, you, the thing just kind of mushroomed.
1: Yep, yep, yep. And that's always, again, I th- I've seen it repeat itself. It's a cycle that repeats itself when there's a, a new thing in marketing that comes up you know, here we are trying to be. Who's the first to figure it out? And especially working with internal teams, it's hey, can someone tell me what what this this uh, NFTs, Bitcoin, uh, TikTok back you know a couple years ago? It's like these things that come up, you know, in digital marketing. I think that's why we like this industry is because it's so dynamic. There's always something that's new, and it, which always gives a team or a person a chance to uh, be the expert. Um, and in your case, that that was you in. Uh, BP at that time. So then you go from BP to DuPont. And what was that transition like? Or what was the reason for the move on there? Was it just a matter of a new opportunity, new responsibilities?
0: Oh, so, you know, I think the one thing that I would um, highlight again and again and again is um, networking. So literally, like every, every job I've ever had, except that very first one, when I came out of college has been through networks. Um, and that was the same. And it's, it's kind of a funny story actually, because I belonged to a sort of closed network of client side companies when I was at BP in the UK and one of the other member companies was Japan, And so we kind of got to know each other and, you know, I'd been at BP for a while and, uh, you know, I was kind of getting ready, looking for a move and, you know, my connection into Japan was you know through this person that I knew and you know strangely you know later on when I was with DuPont we ended up doing a merger with Dow Chemical and the person that ran the network that I had originally joined when I was at BP was run by a guy at Dow so we end up doing this like m work and I'm running the digital work stream and, you know, they kind of bring us all together and they're like, okay, you know, we need to kind of help you guys, you know, kind of get, you know, squared away. And we're like, hey, you know, we've known each other a long time. Right, <laughs> so right, right. so it's, it's 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 kind of funny, you know, you have these huge companies and these massive sort of, you know, industries, but, um, you know, the digital marketing world is kind of, you know,
1: actually <laughs> kind of strangely small, you know? That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, I love how you brought that up about networking because, you know, um, you know what, what advice can you give to, to somebody listening about, like, what was the number one tactic that you used besides joining that, that, that niche group? You know, what's something that you did to kind of maintain that relationship over time that you think would be valuable to our listeners when it comes to networking? <laughs>
0: You know, and you know, people. You know, when they think about networking now, they tend to kind of think about it in in sort of conjunction with tools, and they think about LinkedIn and you know these kinds of things. whereas, you know, networking has been around for you know a long, long time, way before the internet. And I think it's 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 less about you know the sort of the digital connections. It's more about you know what what does that connection actually mean, you know, for you and the other person. And it's you know keeping those connections alive, you know nurturing your network that is sort of meaningful and relevant because now I think you know there's all sorts of people want to you know want to reach out and kind of connect and you know some of those it might make a lot of sense and others you know maybe maybe it doesn't you know so I think you know really kind of nurturing your network and you know and staying in touch with people so I you know I use LinkedIn, like a lot of people use Facebook, you know, like I'll, you know, I'll see somebody like, you know, their job changes. And I'm like, Oh, wow, you know, that's pretty cool. So I'll send them a message and say, Hey, you know, I haven't spoken to you in ages. I see you've just got this great job, you know, what's going on? And, you know, how's the wife or whatever. And, uh, you know, you just kind of keep that going. Um, And I think, you know, the other part of of networking and and moving around, um, you know, as there's this saying, you know, chance favors the prepared mind. You know, I think, you know, a lot of this is about timing, but you've also got to do the preparation. Um, and I think if you're networking with people and you're kind of seeing something like ahead of you that kind of, you know, you think is interesting and people might be able to help you with, you know, like if you're looking at jobs where, you know, you're going to have to have an MBA, well, you know, you can have the best networks, you know, but if you don't have an MBA, then, you know, it's kind of be a blocker. So, you know, then it's like, well, you know, go do your MBA, you know. Right, All um, right. So,
1: yeah, I love how you position that it, nurturing the network, because what's interesting when we talk to our members is that, you know, early stage marketers feel like it's such a daunting task to build a network. But the reality is, if you're in high school, even you can start building your network, even if you don't know where you want to go. But if you know you want to be in marketing. Uh, because you build and nurture the network because it's it's there when you need it, right? Uh, as opposed to those that wake up one day and say, hey, I should probably start networking, may not be as successful as the person who, to your point, has been staying connected with those that they've met across their journey, however short or long it's been. But again, great point about the majority of these roles that you're, you're finding are tied to your network. So you go from DuPont to CSL to CSL. Is that what brings you to the U.S.?
0: Uh, actually, I moved to the US when I was with BP. Okay. So the story behind that is um, I was uh, still with um, Loctite, you know, then, you know, had become Henkler at that point, and they had offered me a job uh, in Germany, and I was kind of, you know, excited about that. And then that sort of, you know, mobile BP Piece that had just sort of bubbled up, so you know it's kind of like that classic thing where suddenly you have like two job offers at the same time, you know, which is you know which, <laughs> which is which is very yeah. nice, you know. Yeah. Um, and I also um, had just uh, met the person who is now my wife, and you know we got married and we said we would go and live in London, um, but you know the the sort of the deal was you know she did not want to end up staying in Europe for, you know forever. You know she's American, she wanted to come back. So, you know, I'd been um, in the UK for about five years. I'd taken that role with BP and um, actually my boss had just come back from uh, placement in the US and I had a global role in the UK and I said, well, you know, it's a global role. I could just do it from, you know, from the US. What do you think? And he was like, you know, that's a great idea. You know, I'm going to tell HR and we'll make it happen. So I phoned my wife and I was like, okay, you know, we, you know, the door just opened, we gotta go. And <laughs> so so we kind of made all that happen. And that that's how I ended up um, in the US initially. And I've kind of been here ever since. And then, you know, in terms of the connection with CSL, um, you know, Japan, like a lot of these sort of big You know, companies that have been around a long, long time, um, you know, they've gone through a lot of change. You know, BP has, DuPont has, G has been in the the news a lot recently, like another big industrial company that's, you know, changing dramatically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, DuPont was no different. And, uh, you know, with lots of restructuring and all sorts of stuff going on. And I, you know, you get to kind of to a point where you're like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm sort of ready to move. You know, I want something new. I want to do something different. And, you know, that that's a big, you know, it's a big deal, you know, because your work is like so, you know, woven in with your personal life. And I, I made that choice. I'm literally back to the networking, literally the following week. So I'm ready for my job search. I look at my LinkedIn feed. I see this job and I'm like, wow, that that is a really interesting looking job. Let me see the company. I'm like, CSL, CSL. I'm like, I'm sure it's like a former colleague of mine went there. So I reach out to him. And I'm like, Do you, is this where you went? And he said, "Well, yeah, I'm the hiring manager, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know the rest is history." You know, so uh, you know, I I now
1: work for him. Nice. It's like it's almost like what are the chances of that happening? But you know, looking at the opportunity and following through and being curious because I think a lot of, especially now with with, and we'll talk about this after the break. But especially now with the, the climate of the market, especially for marketing positions, you know, no harm in investigating for something that seems of interest to you. You know, if it's if it's a a level up opportunity or what have you, uh, because all it takes is one connection. All it takes is one conversation, like you're saying. And next thing you know, here you are at CSL. So uh, at CSL, you know, when you've been talking about, you know, setting up internal comms and things like that. um, What do you find to be the biggest challenge when it comes to being in a position where you're responsible for both the external and the internal?
0: Um, and, you know, we, you know, and I, I think this is the case in companies in general. Now, I think you know, teams tend to be uh, very lean. They tend to be, you know, very flat, and you know, there's just a lot of there's a lot of volume. You know, there's a lot of work that has to get done um, in the digital marketing, digital communication space. Um, you know, over you know twenty years of digital, things have been added. Not a whole lot has been taken away. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a guy called the Chief Martech Officer. I think it's Scott Scott Brinker. I think Scott Brinker. Yeah, yeah. And he's done this kind of great graphic, you know, and that's kind of interesting to go back and look at because if you look at it, you know, when he started, it's just like a handful of vendors, and now you can't read it. That's like it's you know, (laughs) and that you know that's really kind of the world. So I think part of the challenge is you know keeping all those wheels turning. Um, trying to sort of filter out, you know, from a new opportunity perspective, you know, what makes sense for the company versus what does not, you know, what what tools out there are going to be sustainable and, you know, are going to be around in, you know, several years' time, you know, once you've done all that work to enable them within a large company, you know, you don't want it suddenly sort of, you know, disappearing. Um, You know, I think audience dynamics are more complex now than they've ever been you know even in social media like every social channel has its own sort of personality you know the formats are all different um, you know content marketing has become you know significantly more complex so you know you, you're just trying to sort of you know manage through all this and i think even now in you know we're coming up to 2022 you know, people more broadly still rely on these sort of centres of excellence. You know, they need people who have, you know, deep subject matter expertise to help them sort of do their work. So, of course, you have all these people coming to you, you know, with these very important initiatives that they need help with. And, you know, you, you know. you. You want to make sure that you can step up and 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 do that work and, you know, and do it well. So that it's, it's that kind of prioritization, you know, it's what do you, what do you focus on? What do you not focus on? I think that's probably one of the biggest, you know, the biggest challenges.
1: And in your teams that you've developed over time, do you find that, and, and we had, um, uh, we had Denise, which was a guest a couple episodes ago who runs marketing operations for Rite Aid. And do you, did you find to the point of the Scott Brinker chart of everything just Probably nothing's going away, just adding to, do you hire for, do, have you hired for a marketing ops role? Is, is one of your team members in charge of managing the chaos that is all the tools and technologies?
0: Yeah, we actually all do. It. So, um, you know, I think the other thing with smaller teams is that you, you know, you need to have some kind of, you know, redundancy as well. You know, people would like to take a vacation occasionally and, you know, people get sick. Um, so you know, in, in a lean team, like everybody has to be, you know, sort of in the tools and hands-on, um, and that includes the team leader. So, I, you know, I do that too. You know, my role is very broad. You know, some of it is, you know, very strategic level. I might be with, the, you know, the CEO and his level of, of leadership team, and I might be, you know, right in the weeds of some specific tool doing, you know, some very kind of tactical part of a campaign, um, so I think now, you know, a requirement for people, you know, in marketing and communications is they need to be, you know, very, very agile. You know, you've got to be able to move between all these different layers and, you know, kind of have all these different hats. Whereas, you know, years and years ago when I first started, you know, organizations tend to, tended to be much bigger. There was a lot more hierarchy and, you know, what was in a given person's sort of box, you know, scope of responsibility was much narrower. Yep. Whereas now, I think it, it sort of bleeds much more together.
1: Um, well, that's a good observation, and, and and true too. Because if you want to stand out and be marketable, increase your earning potential. No reason why you shouldn't be able to, you know, speak the languages of marketing automation, uh, design, analytics, those sorts of things as a as a true marketer. Um, one one couple more questions here before we hit the break. But when I look at your career, and I notice that you've you spent uh, tenure at, at different roles for, you know, two, three, four, five years. So, you know, nowadays, kind of rare for marketers to sit with a company or be with a company for you know long stretch of time, two, three, four years. What's been your secret? Um, is it, you know, I, what's been the secret for you to exist and work at these corporations for long stretches of time?
0: Well, I, you know, I, I tend to kind of play the... the the longer game, you know, I, you know, I, I care about where I work, that, that matters to me. It's not just sort of a job with a job title, you know, Mm -hmm. the the company also matters, you know, kind of what they do and their culture and how they conduct themselves and so on. Um, And I, I also think that, you know, you need time to you know, build institutional knowledge, you know, within the company, you know, if it's a big company, you know, just, just building the networks internally and getting to know people, um, you know, and you're right, people do, you know, people do move around, you know, much more quickly now, but two, two years is like nothing. I mean, two years just kind of goes in a, in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, and I think if, you know, if you are with a company and, you know, you, you like the company, you, you like the mission, you love what you do, you can see a career path, you know, it's like everything is flashing green. It's all looking good. You know, I, I don't think that there's necessarily a reason to just kind of blow that up to check a box. And I know some people they are like, you know, Oh, you know, two years, I've got to, you know, I've got to kind of keep moving. Um, I, I think potentially it can actually, you know, limit you because you just don't really get enough time to, to get sort of deeper into the organization. Um so you know I've you know I've kind of kept my skills you know up to date you know I've you know networked broadly within the company I try and get involved in you know different types of projects um and I think also you know I remember years ago you know you know we had kind of a you know a career coach you know talking to us and um you know they had this sort of concept of you know like the the box so you know you're kind of you know you're drawn a box and it's like you know this is this is your box And then you can kind of look outside the box and sometimes you're going to see space that doesn't fit anybody else's box. And so it's this sort of concept of, you know, potentially taking that space and, you know, kind of making it your own. Um, And I think you can also, you know, you can do a given job in a number of different ways. So you can either just sort of do it as it's sort of prescribed in the job description and say, yep, you know, this, I'll just kind of read it and that's what I'm going to do. Or you can say, well, you know, actually, you know, I, there, are, there are various ways that I can stretch this and, and bend this and, you know, basically just sort of grow it. And that's, that tends to be how I work. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll work with stakeholders all over the company. Um, that, you know, if I was really true to my job description, I wouldn't necessarily need to work with. But, you know, I kind of look at the broader mission of the company and, you know, what feels right, you know, what's going to take us to a better place, um, and if you know, if I think that's valuable. Um, then I'll you know I'll pursue it and see if stakeholders want to, you know, want to you know engage in that and uh, and make it happen.
1: No, good stuff. And I love I love the analogy of, of the making it your own because you're right. Some people just you know the clock watcher, check collector. They just want to check in, check out, and, and be done with their their job. But even if even if you have a you know depending on the environment you know just trying like you said try to learn as much as you you can within the organization, which means going beyond your job description. I like how you said that. Now, how much of your, your of your success in doing that was tied to having a strong uh, manage, manager manager or, or leadership team?
0: Yeah, the, the, your uh, your manager is you know a very kind of important person in your life. Um, you know, I think if you are trying to do new things. And particularly, you know, like, you know, the space I work in, in, in digital, uh, you know, you're sometimes introducing, you know, new concepts, you know, that are powered by new tools that a lot of people, quite frankly, aren't really going to totally understand. And it's, you know, it can be like a leap of faith, you know, for your manager when you're like, Hey, you know, I want to bring in this and I'd like some money, please. And you know there has to be you know some trust you know that you know you're actually going to make this happen and do what you say what you're going to do and you know your manager's not going to regret it you know a year later um, so yeah I, the, your 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 manager I think is, is a very kind of important person and they you know they need to be you know, really kind of your champion and there needs to be that trust between you um, and that you know that chemistry and I think the the more you have that. The the sort of the the greater you can you know stretch and you know and achieve I think
1: agree agree hundred percent and we'll talk more about that after the break so last question here is we think about where you've started and where you are now what would you say is the most uh, impactful career moment uh, so far in your career
0: well you know it's, it's funny I think in terms of my most recent change you know I told you about how I ended up. Uh, you know, at CSL and, mm-hmm. you know, the whole sort of like, you know, LinkedIn moment. Um, it, it also kind of gave me the opportunity to change industries a little bit. I mean, interestingly, if I go all the way back to where I started in Loctite, we actually had um, a biomedical division. Um, so with Superglue back then we used to do tissue bonding. Um, and the, the guy who ran the biomedical division literally was in, the office like opposite me, you know, we used to kind of talk. I was always like, you know, really interested. And, you know, I think getting into CSL has allowed me to get into, you know, the biotech you know, sort of pharma industry. So that has been, you know, really, really a, a nice change, very, very interesting. Um, I think in terms of where CSL is in its growth and development with regards to, to digital marketing, digital communications. Um, it's been a great time to come in because, you know, I think sometimes you can go into a company and you're sort of inheriting a lot of, you know, kind of a lot of baggage and you're trying to sort of unpick that, and you know, sort of make change. Um, whereas sometimes, you know, there's a little bit more of a kind of a blank slate because, you know, some of these things just didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. So, so we've been able to, to build new capabilities, um, that were literally completely new. Um, so I think in terms of, of the speed and the amount of things that I've been able to, to get done, you know, with the team and all the other stakeholders that have contributed, you know, CSL's really kind of like the marquee in my career, you know, and I've been there, you know, four years, four and a half years, and, you know, we've managed to get an incredible amount done. We even kind of picked up a few awards along the way, um, and then you know, when I kind of look back, you know that's you know it's a great story and then when I turn around and I look ahead, it's it's the same. you know, there are all these things that we're working on now, things coming down the line. so it's just a, a continuation. so it's you know it's a very dynamic environment it's a it's a great company, uh you know, great culture so you know, I kind of feel like I've sort of landed, you know, where I'm meant to be, which is, you know, which is
1: a great feeling. Oh, yeah. Great feeling to have that fulfillment, you know, knowing that you're in the spot. And like you said, it it doesn't really feel like you're going to work because you're you're getting to do so many things and get exposed to many things. And especially in this industry type, you know, biotech, pharma, I mean, just so many opportunities, you know, just looking at the macro elements going on in the world today, like it's a good place to be. Uh, so good stuff here as we go through, um, as we went through your career path and good things, good learnings to share the power of networking, I think some, some good information there, but also some tips on how to make where you are right now, get the most of where you are right now in your marketing position. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about uh, a deeper dive into, uh, your role peers and what you're doing there, and maybe some more elements tied to building your teams. So we'll be back uh, just after this break. Hey there, just want to take a quick break here and give you another update. But first, let me ask you a question. Are you where you want to be in your marketing career? Think about it. Uh, There's a good chance that right now you're considering the next chapter in your marketing career, whether that's starting the new job search, given all the opportunity tied to the great resignation. Maybe you're building a case for that promotion that you want. Maybe you're starting to open recs for those new or backfill roles in your marketing team. Listen, this is just a reminder that you have immediate access to a free community of marketers just like you, plus... Over 200 time-saving resources to help you make progress, and all you need to do is go to themarketinghelp.co forward slash sign up. But listen, if you're looking for something more personalized, you need more accountability, more guided support. uh, Consider upgrading to becoming a TMH Plus member. Now we've we've made some tweaks here in our uh, TMH Plus membership, and it includes more guided value just for marketers. Now. You can join as a TMH Plus member, come on in, join other content marketers. We've got product marketers, social media marketers, even marketing managers. And TMH Plus membership is going to transform your marketing career. And some examples there is like when you need a a quick set of extra trained eyes on your marketing plan or that proposal you want to send, uh, you will have access to on-demand mentor chat. So there's a quick response, synchronous conversation you can have uh, with a marketing mentor, when you need that sounding board or some advice to help you navigate that current career challenge or the next chapter, uh you will get access to weekly office hours where you can connect with a mentor or others uh, in the same position as you uh, or you're going to transform your career. listen, you want to connect and learn from other marketing marketers like you, but maybe you need to freshen up those management skills you're a first time manager you want to become a director. You can do that through monthly group chats. So, those are just some of the things that are included in the TMH Plus membership. Check it out, see what's included. The marketinghelp.co forward slash membership. The marketinghelp.co forward slash membership. Now, let's get back to the episode. Back here with Piers Dickinson from CSL. And Piers, walk us through. Listen, marketers, there's no set thing that happens every week, every month, but you know, a typical day in the life for what you're doing or or take us through an average week. What are you doing? And what are you doing with your team in an average week in your position?
0: Well, one of the things that's, um, you know, maybe a little unusual uh, with our company is because we're an Australian company. Uh, We're dealing with very extreme time zone differences. Mm. So um, we we tend to start early and we tend to run late because, you know, when you're kind of getting up Early and you know catching some emails. Sometimes you're kind of catching the, you know, the Australian team before they've you know they've gone off to bed. Um, and you know, at the end of our day, you're catching them as they're kind of getting going. Um, so that's you know that's a you know if you're trying to sort of get things moving quickly. So there's there's plenty of that going on. Um, we have you know all sorts of campaigns going on you know, externally. Um, so you know we have our social media Canada a calendar. Um, some of that content is our own content that you know that we generate and a lot of it is content that is contributed by people you know in other parts of the company so you know within our broader communications team but also um in other teams as well so we you know we're looking at that making sure that that's all you know, making sense in terms of timing, you know, that the quality is right, uh, making sure we're happy with the messaging. Sometimes there's sort of, you know, more complexity in terms of getting that through because we're a regulated industry. So, you know, everything we do, you know, we have to, you know, have to be careful and make sure that that's all compliant so that, you know, that can be a lot of work or less work depending on what the topic is. Um, We have uh, a global website portfolio. So we're working with people you know, across the whole organization, you know, on a daily basis um, on all sorts of different things that they might be doing. You know, they're sort of doing content updates. They might be trying to run campaigns. um, You know, a lot of these um, websites are in, you know, different languages as well, you know, dotted around all over the, the, you know, the um, world. And, you know, internally, you know, we've got uh, an employee communications platform. So we have, um, you know, a mobile app. Um, so you know, pretty much everybody in the company is using that. So you know, we're making sure that that's all working correctly. We now use that as our sort of source of truth for our intranet. So we, you know, we use SharePoint Online, part of the uh, Microsoft 365 suite, mm-hmm. and all the news and content that we feed into those intranets, we actually pull from the other tool. Um, so you know, getting into that sort of omni-channel type of approach. So we're making sure that's all fitting together. Um, we do all sorts of uh, governance work. So for example, if people want to do things in social media, um, you know, there's a governance process that we run, we'll, you know, we'll do that. Uh, and there's all sorts of things going on with privacy. Um, so we have tracks of work running there. We do work with uh, web accessibility. So making sure uh, websites are accessible for people with disabilities. Um, we have specific campaigns running with different teams around the organization, and they'll come to us and say, like, you know, this is, this is what we're trying to do. You know, we want to sort of execute some of the digital channels. We want to, you know, do that through the corporate channels. You know, what, what can we do? So, you know, those might be organic campaigns. They might be paid campaigns. So we have to kind of structure all that. Uh, we have uh, agencies will be involved in that as well. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, also people will be, you know, trying to do sort of custom projects, which, you know, maybe a little bit different to sort of what's going on with corporate channels. So we, we work very, very closely with the IT organization. And so we'll, you know, sort of consult with the agencies in terms of, you know, how do we actually bring these sort of concepts to life? You know, how, how do we do that? Um, so it's it's you know it's 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 very broad. Um, I think at the moment with the pandemic, you know, we try and make sure we're you know we're very well connected. So even though we're so far apart, you know, um, in the US and uh, Australia, you know, we I meet with all my team, you know, every week, uh, regardless of where they are. You know, we all get together um, every couple of weeks, and you know, part of that is is planning and talking about the work, but it's also just kind of having fun and you know talking about family and you know we have like a fun channel in microsoft teams and we you know we share photos about all sorts of you know stupid stuff um so that that's really important at the moment as well i think probably more important than it's ever been because people are you know it's, it's it's a grind you know like our offices in melbourne in australia i mean those guys have just sort of emerged from a you know horrendous kind of lockdown that went yeah. on just a very long time um, so yeah it's you know it's it's Lots of different things, um, and that, that's really kind of why it's 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 such a fun place to be. I mean, I sure. think you know so many roles now um, have so much sort of automation. You know, there are so many different tools. Doesn't matter, you know, whether you're in finance or supply chain or whatever. And you know, we have that technology too, but there's still a lot of creativity. There's a lot of fluidity. Um, You know, there's not a lot of black and white. There's a whole lot of gray. Um, So, you know, you as the kind of the humans in the mix, you know, have to, you know, constantly kind of working through that as well to make sure, you know, things are coming together and and realizing goals.
1: So it sounds like there's a a ton going on because you like you said, you're doing both the internal and the external and you're in a regulated industry and you have governance, um, you know, processes to follow and you're a team of six. So your team of 6 is distributed so how many how many in Australia versus US or other parts of the world
0: So two of them are in Australia the rest of us are here Okay but you know the other thing you know that I think you know it's probably important for you know for listeners to understand is that you know I think people you know often think about like you know your team is like you know sort of directly connected people who are employed you know when you work with a lot of digital tools you have teams with every vendor. So, you know, if we go through this long list of tools that we use with everyone, you know, we have multiple people that work with us that we can call on. You know, when we have meetings internally, we'll often have, you know, our representative kind of join us. Um, You know, they're often, you know, sort of technologist type people. Um, so you really kind of have this whole sort of extended sort of family of people that you're working with. Um, and then also, you know, the the marketing agencies as well, you know, whatever projects you've got going. Um, and then often there are some retained people who are just kind of always there. And, you know, and you might work with these people for, you know, years. Right.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I, and you're right there because the power, especially now of having a small team, uh, can be extended through the partnerships that are both agency and vendor. So um, great point there. Now, you, you kind of mentioned how this, this when you think about the team, our building a marketing team and the great resignation, the, the great reshuffle, whatever you want to call it, how's that impacting you, if at all, in terms of, are you seeing a lot of turnover in your team or, or even the teams you're working with on the vendor side or the agency side? And, and is it impacting you in any way?
0: You know, and we're we're definitely seeing that. You know, as a company, you know, just like you know, I think all companies are. You know, my you know immediate team has been very stable, thankfully, and I think even more broadly in you know communications area and you know even in marketing, you know, it's 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 pretty stable. So, you know, yes, you know, we're getting some turnover, and I think sometimes it's it's hard to know whether that's just turnover that would have happened anyway, but that's just part of the natural kind of evolution of things or whether it's, you know, is it really tied to the, to the great resignation? Um, But, you know, I think, you know, CSL has a, a very strong mission. You know, I think if you care about where you work and what your employer does, you know, you know, our two businesses, you know, one of them is in the rare disease space and the other is in the flu vaccine space. So you're really looking at, you know, people who have rare diseases, who you're, you know, trying to to help with treatments, and then you're trying to, you know, protect public health. Um, so really, you know, wherever you look at the company, it, it's a very solid mission. So I think, you know, that that helps a lot. um and even you know, I think in terms of the uniqueness of the company, I think the Australian element is you know it's kind of cool. It's uh, you know it's a little bit it's a little bit different, and you definitely feel that you know that kind of cultural um, component. And I think people like that too. So yeah, you know we we are we are feeling it, um, but uh, yeah, at the moment certainly in my immediate world it's 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 pretty stable.
1: And and when you see when you see how that you know has or hasn't impacted your team again? It sounds like you have a very strong structure in terms of again, you're not just working, but you're you're connecting as humans and team members, you know, as you have these, you know, personal interactions, everything else. When you think about the audience of marketers that are in that position of potentially looking for that next marketing job, you know, and this is a question I'd love to ask all of our guests because they all come from different perspectives and, and experience paths. But what's the tip advice you give to Someone who's you know earlier in their marketing career looking to find that marketing role. I mean, what's the what's the sage advice you can give somebody who's about to start that journey?
0: So I think part of it is is this whole networking thing that we've you know we've talked about you know a, a fair bit. Um, you know that that I, I think most of the large companies now have um, you know referral systems like employee referral systems. Um, you know, I have heard along the way that, you know, there are consulting firms who, you know, really without an employee referral, it's kind of tough to even like get through the front door. Um, so I think you know what the, you know, what the, the the data in the HR world shows us is that you know, people who have a referral tend to tend to do better, you know, they're just more successful. You know, it kind of helps with their onboarding, they kind of know what they're getting themselves into. Um, and, you know, their trajectory is just stronger. So I absolutely like kind of reinforce that that networking piece. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, making sure that you, you know, if you are looking at a career, you know, a particular type of job, you know, make sure that if that, you know, lands in front of you, you're actually, you know, a good fit. So if, you know, if if they're like, well, you've got to have, you know, we talked about having an MBA or if you need a project management certification and that's what you typically see everybody else having, you know, go, go do those, you know, get, get that done. um, And make sure you're all, you know, you're all squared away. And I think, you know, the other thing um, is with, you know, so if you, you know, you find something you like and you start having a conversation is do that interview prep. um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, go, you know, go as far as, you know, do do role plays with, you know, friends of yours, you know, role play the interview, you know, really try and sort of, you know, pressure test, you know, what you could be asked about, you know, make sure you understand the organisation, you've actually looked at the website and, you know, you don't have to be like an expert, they're not going to expect that, but they are going to expect you to have, you know, taken a look because it's, you know, if, if it's a company you're really interested in and you get that opportunity, that door's probably going to open once.
1: That's you right. <laughs> so you got to make it count, you know. Uh, no, no second chance for first impressions when it comes to interviews. It, it, tied to the preparation. I guess my question for you there is then uh, you've def- definitely interviewed tons of marketers for the positions you've been filling. What stands out to you is is that question that was asked to you that really stood out as wow, this person really uh, did their homework and definitely prepared for this interview.
0: Um, you know, and sometimes uh, people will ask, you know, really very kind of well-informed questions about the company. And it might be, you know, some initiative that we're running, you know, that we've talked about externally or, you know, it tends to be less about the products. Um, but, you know, you you're like, you know, that, that's really a great question. You've clearly done a bunch of work and you didn't just read the website. You kind of went all over the place. Um, people ask a lot about uh, culture. You know, I think that that's kind of increasingly important. Uh, people will ask about, um, you know, other members of the leadership team, you know, so, you know, tell me about your boss, you know, kind of what, what is he or she like, you know, what are your colleagues like, you know, how to, what are the dynamics of the leadership team? You know, that, that, that comes up. Um, people also ask about, you know, what does success look like? You know, like if I, you know, if I come here, you know, what are you going to be looking for in like 60 days? You know? Um, so it tends to, it tends to be that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get asked about, you know, mission. I mean, it's, it's really less about benefits quite honestly. It's really more about the company and where it's going and, you know, sometimes where it stands on, you know, certain issues, that kind of thing.
1: Nice. Now given your role and, and you've done a great job explaining, you know, the, the breadth of what you do, And you yourself saying that you spend a lot of time up with the executives, but you're also spending time down the weeds, you know, working on the projects and the campaigns. And you've been doing this for for across a lot of different cycles in terms of the evolution of digital marketing. So for someone like you, where do you go to stay finger on the pulse of what's going on in digital marketing? Is there one specific resource that stands out that you would share with us, you know, and maybe open our eyes to a resource we should be following?
0: Um, so there is a company called eConsultancy.
1: consultancy
0: mm-hmm. um, and uh, they're, they're starting to kind of rebrand a little bit, um, XCIM, but you know, at e it'll still come up. So I, they're actually a British company and I have worked with them really since the beginning of my career. So when I was standing up, you know, like a, a center of excellence at BP, you know, they helped me, at Dupont, like all the, you know, we ran like a global digital marketing marketing training program. and you know, mm-hmm. I had trainers all over the world. It was them again, and I now have them uh, again at CSL. So, you know, there's a bunch of free content, um, and it's it's you know, it's benchmarking, it's sort of industry reports. Um, there are like forums, you know, and like you know, they run all sorts of events. I mean, most of them are you know virtual at the moment, obviously. Um, but under normal circumstances, you know, they do, you know, conferences, and the the conferences they do are a little bit different. In the US, they tend to be sort of vendor-led, you know, so you, you know, it's like you know, run by whichever vendor it is, and it's kind of a little bit skewed. Whereas I mean, these guys tend to sort of be the neutral organizer, and then they kind of invite lots of different stakeholders. Um, so I would definitely look at econsultancy.com, um, and then there are, you know, there are paid memberships as well sure i think you know the other thing um, that you can do is you know some of the vendors like you know if you're you know a digital marketer and you want to know more about marketing automation you know some of the vendors have excellent websites saying really good you know they have some great content they do all kinds of papers that they share publicly uh that can be a great place to go and you know there are Organizations like Forrester, you know, mm-hmm. who do you know all sorts of industry reports. Now, you know, in there, it's a membership-based organization, but a lot of that stuff actually ends up on the open internet. You can go and find it. So, if you're trying to learn about an area, you can do that. And then, you know, I think the other thing is is doing um, you know formal mar- digital marketing training. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that you know, typically you're going to have to pay for. But I think that's well worth doing. And I really, I I don't think it matters where you are in your career. If you're early on, then, you know, you're maybe going to learn a bunch of things that you didn't know before. Uh, I'm actually just doing um, a course with George Washington University. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they invited me to uh, be on their advisory boards. We kind of, you know, help them, you know, think about their executive digital marketing program, but obviously to be able to kind of do feedback. You've got to do the course. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean even after all the years that I've been in the space, that's been really, you know, super interesting and, you know, it's like a great refresh. So, you know, people tend to be bad at, um, taking time for themselves to do, you know, self-learning and, you know, self-training. And I think you've just got to put that, put that in your calendar, block Good the time, time, make the commitment, and, and and do it because otherwise, you know, you suddenly wake up and it's like, oh, you know, I, I haven't done anything in like, you know, this huge period of time, which is not good. Right. Um, so, yeah, and that that's the beauty of, of, you know, of the digital space now is there's just so much content out there, like the Content Marketing Institute, fabulous, you know, resource. So.
1: Well I mean you make a great point there because because the the options are everywhere but e consultancy definitely a place to go for that that level of research and insight but the tip on you know go to the tools themselves I mean everyone knows HubSpot but you think about in the last 5 years 5 10 years these tools have become educators themselves uh, where you know content marketing for themselves has become an initiative where they can put out all this learning and information so you know definitely a great spot to check out so appreciate the insights here as we get into more of what you do on a day-to-day basis and, and learnings and tips when it comes to developing your teams and, and the kind of the climate of what it is for for running and managing a marketing team now so uh, what's the the best where's the best place for our audience to connect with you
0: uh, well we've talked about networking and uh, the great networking tool is LinkedIn. You know, I have kind of an unusual name, so I'm I'm easy to find. So you spell my name P-I-E-R-S-D-I-C-K-I-N-S-O-N. You can just do piersdickinson.com. I have the domain, it just points to my LinkedIn profile. Um, but it'll come up. So, you know, feel free to you know hit me up on LinkedIn and I'll be happy to connect.
1: Perfect, perfect. So, Piers, appreciate your time. Great insights. Um, thank you so much for for sharing your your wisdom and advice here today. Uh, best of luck with everything at CSL. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great. All right, great stuff from Piers on today's episode. Really enjoyed his perspective on the value of networking. Listen, you can't deny networking is the way to find your next uh, marketing job or future marketing job. Just keep those tips in mind. Another takeaway I, I got from the episode was the hidden opportunity that does exist when staying with a company for longer than two, four, six, eight years. Listen, Piers made some compelling points there. There probably is some more value you can get from your current role. Maybe it's not time to leave. So, so consider those points. Now, check the show notes for ways to connect with peers. Listen, he's definitely somebody you want to have in your network, especially if you're considering marketing roles in the biotech or related spaces. Um, so, connect with him on LinkedIn for sure. All right, two final reminders for you marketers out there. Listen, no need to struggle alone in your marketing job search process or whatever the next thing is you're looking for in your marketing career, check out the resources you get as a free member at themarketinghelp.co forward slash sign up. And if you're looking for a little bit more guidance support, you need more connection with a mentor, you need some more coaching, um, you want some measured progress for your for your next outcome, become a TMH Plus member, all the details, what you get uh, at themarketinghelp.co forward slash membership. We'd love to see you in there. And again, this is your host, Eric Harbison, reminding you what action can you take today to advance your marketing career?